0: I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So, let's talk money. Hello and welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I have some food for thought today. I want to talk about something That recently got brought up in a conversation and I was like, whoa, I never really realized this until now and had me digging in on my money mindset about things that I believe to be true about wealth and about how um, I felt about wealth or if I was deserving of wealth and all things like that. And I, I love conversations like that. So I want to present it for you. I want to present it for you and I hope that this podcast allows for you to question some stuff that you either grew up thinking about money or maybe still think about money and um, just kind of throws out, again, this food for thought about wealth building. So I want you to think about growing up especially, who were characters in in movies or TV shows that you were like obsessed with, that you wanted to be just like them. The first one that comes to mind for me, which if you've been a part of the Deeper the Money community for a while, this is probably no surprise to you, is probably Hermione from Harry Potter. Big Harry Potter girl And I can remember even reading the books, like I read all the books and then when the movie came out, I would go to the movies, but even reading the books, I was just infatuated by her. I thought her character was so cool and she was so smart and she was able to use her gifts to help them in you know all the things that they face and everything so I want to be smart just like her and I remember thinking like wow she's so smart I want to be just like her and when you think of the characters that you liked and potentially wanted to be like growing up and now this would be when I was like really idolizing Hermione I would say I was probably like I don't know between eight and like 13, 14. But then once I was around like 14, the characters that I started to like, I distinctly remember thinking if it was a female character, I remember thinking, I want to be just like that. I want to be more like that, or I want to be like her. And then I remember starting to think at this like 14 year old age that when I would see male characters that had traits that I liked or whatever, I remember starting to think, I hope I marry somebody like that when I was looking at like male roles. And recently I was talking with a friend about the difference of fictional female characters who are, especially who are wealthy. Okay. Not just like who are your favorite female fictional characters, but female fictional characters who are wealthy and how they're represented versus male wealthy fictional characters. So I had this conversation last week and we were kind of going back and forth and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is wild. So as a little fun test to test this out today, this morning, um, Shay came into, I was in the living room, Shay came in the living room and I said, hey, babe, list some male fictional characters in like movies or tv shows who are wealthy And he's like okay and so he just starts listing them off you know he's like wolf of wall street batman bruce wayne um james franco and why him um what's his name gatsby and great gatsby tony stark and iron man uh you know all these different characters he's just like rattling them off one after another after another and so I'm like, okay, cool. And I said, okay, now list out some female characters, fictional characters who are wealthy. And he, j- he was like, um, um, like, can you give me an example? And so the example I gave him was Meryl Streep in *Double Wear's Prada*. And he's like, oh yeah, that's a good example. Okay, let me think of one. And so he's brainstorming on them, and he actually came up with. Two of them, I'm trying to think of what they were now, but they were characters who the main character was the husband who was wealthy and career driven. And then because of, and it's told in that movie, because of the husband, you know, now the wife has this wealth. So, so anyway, so I was like, okay, I mean, yes, technically that is a wealthy woman, and that's awesome. You know, I'm not like shaming on wealth or how somebody became wealthy, but I was specifically looking for someone who either created her own wealth or was very career driven. And you saw that. And so it's so funny to me that it was so difficult to think of, of, of women in a fictional wealthy woman. And cause it was hard for me too. It was hard for me too. Um, Meryl Streep and Devil Wears Prada was the first one I thought of. Um, and then I thought of The Proposal, San- Sandra Bullock and The Proposal. Um, and like Blair Waldorf and Serena Van- Vanderwoodson and Gossip Girl. And as I was thinking through these wealthy women, like the first, and yes, there are other, other ones, but like the first wealthy women that came to mind are all portrayed as being bitches. They're all portrayed as being these uptight career women who are total bitches, who are, you know, don't have time for their love life and they're solely focused on careers and they have no social, um, you know, no social time and they are absent mothers and like all this. Or like for Blair uh, Waldorf, I can't say her name, and Serena Vanderwoodson in Gossip Girl, if you look at how they're portrayed as wealthy, I think like I guess high schoolers versus Chuck Bass, who is wealthy, same thing, Blair and Serena are portrayed as these, you know, just riff bitches they're portrayed who are stuck up and they are they just go shopping and they just spend Daddy's money and like all this, whereas Chuck, who also is rich because of his parents, is portrayed as this like businessman who he's gonna take over and he's he's doing real estate and he's doing all this other stuff and so he's just portrayed differently even though both of like all in all three of those situations their families were wealthy but it's just different like how they were portrayed um another one is Goldie Hahn in Overboard again she's rich and she's portrayed as this very rude woman who's stuck up, who looks down on, um, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? What's the, what's a guy's name in Russ, is Russ Wills, Russ something, whatever. Um, but hit her handyman, she like looks down on him and all of this. So it just really, as I was kind of going through this and trying to like write things down of. Who are the how wealthy women are portrayed? It just made me start to think, you know compared comparing those women to how a lot of the men are portrayed in some of the movies that we talked about earlier. That Shay kind of gave us an example, like Jordan Belford and Wolf Wolf of Wall Street. You know, is portrayed as this like you know big dog who everyone is obsessed with him, who he does whatever, spends whatever um, you know, James Franco, like the inside of NY him, the inside of his house is, or his house is like so huge. And he has all these gouges and he has all this stuff. And, um, it's just very wealthy. Like, you know, you just see all this wealth. And I was, tr- I honestly, still, I was Googling stuff and trying to come up with a movie or show where, and maybe I just, I don't, maybe I need to you know, expand more where I'm more aware, but where the woman is the main character, she's career driven and it's celebrated that she's career driven. Maybe, Maybe she's a mom, maybe she's not, but also she just has a massive wealth. And yes, well, okay, one point that I'm trying to make is that representation matters and I love seeing more women, more BIPOC, LGBTQ plus people um, represented in movies and, and more, you know, those are just a few examples, but I love seeing more representation. And I think it matters. But, you know, that's one part of this argument, I guess I would say. But the other point, the other thing I want to point out is not just representation, but it's that when wealthy women are portrayed because a lot of times they're there's not even wealthy women portrayed but when they are portrayed a lot of times they're normally the you know the bitch character who if she's career driven she is ruining her relationships or she's an absent mother or her employees are scared of her or she has no social life and so it just all I want you to question because this is kind of what I went through today, and I just want to show you kind of the behind the scenes of how I think through things, because I'm always questioning things that I've been taught about money, things our society talks about, and these unconscious bias that I have, and and, and so what I asked myself earlier this week is, is that who wealthy women are, and is that who I subconsciously think of wealthy women as? Because, you know, I think of in my own life, you know, I'm often asked things like, so what will happen to your business when you have kids? And Shay's not asked that, you know, I don't think he's ever been asked that. And I get asked that all of the time or, or questions like that about like, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to stop your business? Are you going to hire a nanny? But nobody asked Shay those questions. And I'm not mad That I'm getting asked those questions. But what I want to start, you know, uh, questioning is this normalcy of the woman being asked this stuff. And I think it comes down to this societal perspective of the wealthy woman or career driven woman or whatever. And for me, that's this is an example of why I care so much about being transparent when it comes to money. Because I am a wealthy woman, and I'm going to continue to build my wealth, and I want to talk about it openly so more women feel comfortable and confident talking about it openly. So therefore we can really reimagine this idea of what a wealthy woman is and who a wealthy woman is. And Does a wealthy woman have to be a bitch to be a wealthy woman? Does she have to be an absent mom in order to be a wealthy woman? Does she have to have no social life or a struggling relationship to be a wealthy woman? You know, that's what I want to question. And this one, this one really got to me. And if I'm being honest when I thought about like, oh, should I put this in the podcast? I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave that out. But, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm gonna, this is all about questioning our own bias. And so I want to be honest about this bias that I had. When I think of wealthy women that I look up to, my first thought, the first thing I think of is women who give away a lot of their money, who give to charities or donate a lot or who have started foundations. That's the first, those are the first women I think of are wealthy women who are the most generous. When I think of wealthy men that I look up to, my first thought is men who are super successful. I, and, and and I'll go even further and say, once I realized, wow, look at the difference of those two things, I started writing down the men who like came to mind of like, wow, I just think he's a great businessman. I think this, and I started Googling, like, they, you know, they donate, do they do this? And I had to research it. I had no idea. I had no clue what, you know, and, and a lot of these men have donated or have given up their wealth, but that my unconscious bias was, that's not why I respect them. I respect them because they're successful. And my, my instinct of wealthy women is to respect them because they're wealthy, but they're generous. So since they're so generous, I respect them. My instinct of respecting of like why I look up to wealthy men versus wealthy women was different. And it, like, I hate to admit that because so much of what I, I'm working towards is to break that mold, but but that's what I, I want to point out today is we all have these deep-rooted either bias or beliefs about money or limiting beliefs about who we can be in our identity or the identity we're trying to become. If you're trying to take on this wealthy woman identity, but subconsciously you think that wealthy women have to sacrifice all these other things, but you don't want to sacrifice those things. You could be subconsciously sabotaging, trying to get that identity, aka trying to be this wealthy woman, aka trying to be, build wealth or trying to do whatever that is. And so it's so interesting to break down these internalized ideas of who is deserving of wealth or who has wealth and what it looks like to have wealth. And often we don't, what we don't realize is that if we don't fit that mold, we can be sabotaging wealth coming our way. Whoa. When I, when I kind of, I first had this conversation with a friend and then I had Shay list out wealthy male characters versus female characters and then I started kind of doing some like you know journaling on this, just thinking out loud and I kind of got to the bottom of of how I really felt about this I it left me mind blown. This conversation left me mind blown because this is a level of j- truth about money or beliefs that I have about money that I didn't realize I had. and that's why I wanted to share this in real time in a very like unedited podcast because I want you to see. That as you're working through the tangibles of how to get get ahead with money, how to pay off debt, how to increase your credit score, all that, you also have to be working through these deeper than money—no pun intended—but don't deeper than money things. You have to be working through that mindset. You have to be working through the um, limiting beliefs that you have about money. You have to be working through how you identify when it comes to to money and all these other things. And so woof, man. Woof. I'm going to have to do some like digging into this and it doesn't stop. Like that's the fun part. And it can feel like overwhelming of like, "Oh my gosh, so I'm just always going to have this li- these limiting beliefs." And it's like, "No, you're going to continue to work through and crush the limiting beliefs that you have to be that you have about money now." and you're going to up-level them. And then at a new level, you're going to be like, whoa, I still have this limiting belief. I'm going to get rid of that. And now I'm going to believe this. And then you're, you know, and it keeps piling up. and, And that's just part of always growing and evolving and changing. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. And I want to announce this month's masterclass goes along perfectly with this idea. No, this was not planned, but I want to talk about it because as if you're listening to this episode in real time, we have just dropped this month's masterclass topic. And this month's masterclass topic is going to be all about what what we're talking about here, all about money mindset, all about how to make sure that you're not self-sabotaging when it comes to money, how to attract wealth. How to up level your attitude around money to where you feel massively worthy of attracting more money. And if you've ever just felt so bleh around money, of like I'm trying really hard to get ahead, but it just doesn't feel easy. It doesn't feel flowy. It doesn't feel like wealth or money is flowing my way. It just feels like I'm, you know, sprinting up uh, you know, uphill. This is the masterclass for you. So I'm gonna put the link in the show notes for you to go and check out. And this is just a tiny little one-off way of noticing, wow, I might have some deeply rooted beliefs that could be sabotaging me building wealth, attracting wealth, and creating the life that I want. And so questioning this stuff and working through it. And that's what we're going to talk about in the masterclass too. So make sure go. If you are interested in enrolling, you can go into the show notes, or if you follow me on Instagram, you can go check it out in the link in my bio on Instagram. Just search at deeper period than period money, and you will be able to find it. So thank you for tuning in for another episode of the deeper than money podcast, and we will see you back next week.